shaming this for everybody Flip it and twirl it, let's strengthen that body From the sky to the pole, we gon' work out that body We talking hoes, this what we talk about it Welcome to the whole cast Where everybody can be a whole cast Info that you need to know We talk about a lot and shout out to my hoes Welcome to the whole cast Where everybody can be a whole cast Welcome to the whole cast Where everybody can be a whole cast Hola, my beautiful hoes. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Hocast. I'm your host, Susan Bartley, and my guest today is Sky Luna from Pole to Glow. If you were at PoleCon this year, hopefully you remember that Pole to Glow did a really cool event at the very beginning where they gave out these coins, and they were compliment coins. So if you saw someone and you just liked their look, or you liked what they were wearing, or you thought they were really cool, you would have these compliment coins and it would give you a chance to go up to that person and introduce yourself. And it was a beautiful way for people to not only feel comfortable in their surroundings and meet new people, but also spread the joy and the love that is just a simple compliment. That's what Sky Luna is about. I am not going to lie to you. I think we fell in love with each other before we even met. She is just one of those people that when you see her, you know she is amazing. You may not know what she's up to yet, but you know whatever it is, you're going to love it. Her goal is to bring the greater pole community together with the understanding that we are stronger in unity than we are in individualness. And I love that. That's sort of the goal of the Hocast. It's the goal of my other company, Ho Apparel. There's room for all of us, especially if we work together to move forward. So I hope you love Sky Luna as much as I do. I hope you will follow Pole to Glow when this is over. And I thank you for being here and listening. Good morning, my beautiful friend. Thank you, Sky Luna, for being on this episode of the HoCast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You are one of my poll friends that I'm not. I'm not certain we ever actually met. I think we just were friends, like out of the universe. We were friends, and it took us a while to actually meet. And I love that. And and it's so funny because Susan, I've been watching you longer than you've been watching me. Seriously, and I was like, I don't think you remember, but I met you at Polcon last year, and I remember being like uh, a baby attendee for Polcon. This is my first Polcon, and I didn't really know where to start, but I knew that I wanted to see some vendors. And at the time, as a baby pole dancer, you don't really know what resources you have in the pole community. And so I'm just walking around and I happen to see pole apparel. And when I saw pole apparel, I was like, okay, this is like the convenience store for pole dancers. Let me see what she has over here. And you spoke very highly of one of the pole dancers that I was familiar with. You had one of her stickers. And I could just tell you were a huge advocate for the community. And I was just like, you know what? What I really want to do is support her as much as she's supporting us. So I remember getting monkey hands. That was my first time getting monkey hands. And not only you, but the people who you had at your table really stood out to me. And ever since then, I've been following your journey. And it's kind of crazy 
how things have transpired over the past year because now I'm like, I love Susan. Susan supported one whole apparel. Susan, you supported Glow since its infancy. And I'm so grateful. And I'm grateful for our friendship. You've even come to the most recent event, which was the Polex picnic for Glow. And beyond grateful. But like you said, we didn't really have an opportunity to like sit down and get to know one another. And I'm like so grateful. After all this time, we're finally taking the time to get to know each other. Well, your energy is so amazing. And I, and I love the fact that you were a baby polar in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then last year in Baltimore, Pole to Glow actually hosted an event at PoleCon. And it was the coolest event. So tell everybody what you did. Yes. So at PoleCon in Baltimore, what we did was we held a human networking event. I guess not human networking, but it was a networking event. And we wanted to find ways for everyone who was attending PoleCon to network. Typically when we come, we'll do workshops. We'll, of course, shop the vendors and watch showcase the showcases that are offered at PoleCon. But we don't really have an opportunity to get to know one another. And so I said, okay, let me go ahead and just pitch this idea to Colleen at PoleCon and see if I have an opportunity to create um, a networking activity, not only for us to get to know each other, but if we see something and we're inspired by someone, let's give them a compliment coin. So our initiative with Pole to Glow at PoleCon was to bring people together, uh, get to know someone that you may have never met, and then compliment somebody if you're inspired by them by the end of the weekend. So that was our goal. We were able to accomplish it. We have a lot of interviews on our hard drive for Photo Glow, and I can't wait to push them out for the rest of the year. But uh, that's pretty much what we did at PoleCon, and I'm just so proud because putting yourself at the forefront, especially with being Sky Luna, becoming Polar Glow, it's always nerve-wracking. I'm always nervous, and I, I, I don't really know how I'm going to be perceived by other people. And to see that the pole community was accepting not only myself, but my baby, which is Polar Glow, it really just meant the world to me. What I thought was so cool about it is that you acknowledged the fact that as a first-time attendee at PoleCon, it can be overwhelming, yes. especially if you don't come with a group of people, like you don't have that network already and you're seeing these big name pole stars that you you know love and they're just walking around and like, how do I talk to people? And, and you addressed that with that networking event. We noticed it at Ho Apparel, our first, we were in New Orleans for the first time three years ago, that those new people didn't have a place to call home. And when they were feeling sort of lost, they didn't know what to do. And so we would just invite them to come back to the booth. Like if you get sensory overload, if you are feeling kind of lonely, like whatever it is, just come. We got chairs at the booth. Just come hang out with us until you find your footing and then you can head out again. So the fact that you saw that as a need and used your platform was amazing to me. So good job. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I mean, I was that loner my first time. And I have a lot of social anxiety. Even though I come off as introverted and excited, my excitement is my nervousness. And a lot of people don't realize that. But when I'm like, ah, going crazy in your face, it's because I'm nervous and I want to be accepted, you know, because, you know, growing up, I was... You probably don't know this, but growing up, I was faced with rejection, not feeling like 
I fit in no matter where I was. And so my ultimate goal, especially when I discovered Cole, was to accept the rejects. And I know that may sound weird, but accept the people who don't fit in that box, who don't fit the quote unquote aesthetic and create a space for them to feel welcomed and loved and cared for it and, and, and noticed and acknowledged. So, you know, we all feel that way and we don't really talk about our feelings when it comes down to fitting in with societal norms. And, you know, some people say, stand out, be yourself. But when you're growing up in a society that doesn't accept you for who you are, you have to train yourself to believe that you are different and it's okay. So moving forward as Sky Luna in my whole world, it's okay to be my authentic self. It's okay to be weird. It's okay to be quirky and know that I will find my tribe. And people that love you kind of, they may not understand it, but they love you. I hate that. I love you regardless of, or, and I, and I hate that. I love you because of, Yeah, I believe in the whole, I just love you. So if I love you, I love the whole thing. And it's not because of something or despite something. I just, I just love you. I just love you. I love love you. you. Yeah. And I love you too. Right. And, and I appreciate that love, too. I, re, I appreciate that. And I wish we as a community set that more frequently. And I don't think we really have that opportunity to sometimes. I think we're afraid of um, rejection. You know, we're, I think that's the biggest term that I've repeated multiple times over the past couple of years, especially when I'm looking inward. I realize that the fear of rejection stops me from showing up as my true self to people and telling people I love them or fear of turmoil or toxicity may cause me not to feel like I should approach people. But just that one term, that simple term as I love you and no matter what, or I love you regardless, it reminds me that like, it reminds me to just keep showing up for people because we never know what they're dealing with. And so, yeah, we're breaking societal norms. We're, We're breaking out of that. I I was just at a party the other night and for some reason we started talking about the bank I use for Ho Apparel. And it's, I've been banking with this bank for probably 15 years now. And there's a lot about them I don't like, but the lady that is like the manager of the branch I go to, she's the one I go to for all my issues. Her name is Miss Wilma and I, and I adore her. But if she has to call me when she gets off the phone, she says, I love you, honey. And I say, I love you back. Yeah. When my friend was like, you should switch banks. I'm like, how the hell am I going to switch banks? When the lady that calls me says she loves me in every conversation, (laughs) like I will die for this woman um, because it's such an odd place for someone to use those words. And yet she does. Right. And and it makes my day every time. I think sometimes they always say, what, keep church and state separate. And every time I hear that statement, I'm like, okay, when it comes down to work, I have to keep that separate from my personal life. When it comes down to my personal life and interacting with people, I have to keep that separate. But honestly, everybody you interact with is a reflection of you. So show up as your true self. And if you mean something, say it and express yourself. And I think now, it is a little odd. Don't get me wrong. It is a little odd that woman at your bank is saying, I love you. But she said you've been there for 15 years. So that relationship probably runs deep. You're probably one of those reoccurring customers that she appreciates. 
And Susan, I don't know if anybody on this podcast has met Susan, but she's just a light. You know, she's a walking light. And it's truly an honor to keep connecting with someone like you and, and learning from you because every time people interact with you, we, we get this it's a nurturing energy that I get every single time I'm around you, Susan. And if I feel the same way, I know, I know Wilma is like, man, I love Wilma you. Wilma and I are tight. Yeah, we're tight. Y'all are tight. You know, and that's, I think it's, it's great to see. It's great to see that with your business, you have people around you who not only care about you, but they're motivated to help you. And, and that, of course, translates into love. And I don't think we get a lot of love in this toxic world. No, I no, I don't think we do. We don't get enough of it. We should get more. Absolutely. So let's, before we get too far in, I want to know about you. So tell my listeners everything there is to know about the beautiful Sky Luna. So Sky Luna, oh, where do we begin? So I started pole dancing December of 20, no, no. Actually, I started seriously pole dancing March of 2021. And when I first walked into the studio, my home studio, I initially noticed that I felt like I didn't belong. Felt weird, felt super uncomfortable. But at the time, I was leaving a toxic situationship. And I realized that I was so caught up in pleasing this partner. I didn't really put that, I didn't really put that same energy into myself. And so at the time I said, let me go ahead and find a hobby. If I find a hobby, this will give me an opportunity to love on myself and appreciate myself and really stay determined. So I went on Groupon, saw a discount for a pole dancing class. And I said, you know what, let me go ahead and just sign up pole dancing. I love the strippers. Oh my gosh. I love the strippers. And I remember being in college and I went to Miami for spring break and I went to King of Diamonds. That was like the go-to place for spring break. We went to <laughs> we went to King of Diamonds and I remember coming across this pole dancer. Her name was Royalty Mason. And when I say she came out on the stage dancing to Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. And I remember it's like, it starts off really slow. The guy, you know, Meek Mill's rapping. And as she was going onto the stage, she was slowly preparing to build up towards something. So she climbs at the top of the pole. She lights her heels on fire. Okay. And as soon as the beat drops, she goes crazy. And I was in awe. I was like, if I could do this, if I could become a stripper just to do this, I'm going to do it tomorrow. But at the time, I was like, "But what if, what if they, what if my college students, like my classmates, judge me, or what if my friends from college judge me?" And 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 deep down, I always knew that I really wanted to do this. I fell in love with Royalty Mason, and so at that moment, I said, "Pole dancing, I could possibly, I could possibly become Royalty Mason." Like looking at my head, I could be her. So I signed up for the Groupon. I took the class. I remember that day I was super nervous. And at the time, I noticed that I didn't really feel comfortable like wearing clothes that exposed my skin. I just was super nervous. I grew up Muslim. And so I didn't, I wasn't used to showing my body. 
So took the class and I remember I, re- I remember signing up and I said, what's the difference between me going to a regular gym and pole dancing? And I was told pole dancing helps you with confidence. Pole dancing helps you learn how to love yourself. And if you dedicate your time to it, you will then start to reap the benefits of being this confident person. And I remember I just didn't feel confident. I didn't believe in myself at the time. And so I said, you know what? Let me just give this a good three months. Let me just dedicate 90 days to this. And when I say I haven't looked back ever since, dance, well, pole dancing alone has changed my way, my changed my life in ways in which I would have never imagined. Not only confidence, but my posture, how I look at myself, how I love on myself, how determined I am. It's the love that keeps giving. You know, it's it's the when it when it comes down to having a pole journey and being a pole dancer, you start to realize that life is very similar to your pole journey. You're gonna have your ups, you're gonna have your downs, you're gonna have your moments where you have to just keep trying. You have to not give up on yourself. You have to figure out ways to have this sense of identity and be strong in that identity. And so I think through pole dancing and doing competitions and doing showcases, I've truly come into myself. So then fast forward, maybe a year or two in, in into my pole journey, actually a year into my pole journey, I told myself that I need to come up with a pole alias. And I was like, my, my real name is Shantae. I mean, my middle name is Lavon, but I never really associated with Shantae. My parents did, you know. They I love, love the name Shantae. Thank you. I always you. have. I appreciate that. But see, this is the thing. I I I love Shantae, but then I don't because, and this is why I always say my preferred name is Sky Luna is because I named myself that. But my parents named me after singers, Shantae Moore, or after the rapper Roxanne Shantae. And so at the time I was, I, I love the, I love why they named me, but I didn't really have much association with it. Got some trauma that's also associated to that with my father. But in my head, I was just like, I'm not really associating with Shantae. So the reason how, the way that I came about the, the poet alias Sky Luna is because um, I'm a cancer and cancers are ruled by the moon. So, of course, of course, the second part of my name is Luna, which is, of course, representative of the moon. And then Sky, I wanted to I wanted to associate myself with being in the air, you know, floating and, and, and being one with the universe. And so I kind of came up with Sky Luna and I really want ultimately I really want to dive deeper into spirituality and poem. Because we only touched like the tip. We we haven't even like, honestly, I haven't personally dived any deeper into my journey as a spiritual person with pole dancing. I think I'm still trying to understand like the basics of pole dancing and how to maneuver and how to find my style. But once I get that established, then I can help people heal themselves through the art of pole dancing. And that's kind of like the journey I'm on. I feel like I just told you a, a lot. No, that was a lot. And I have a lot of questions. So I want to go back to when you were a kid, you said you were raised Muslim. Yes. Was there much dancing in the household or as a family? No, we like, so, so my, my mom grew up 
Christian, but when she married my brother's dad, they decided to practice Muslim, Islam. And so we joined a Muslim community. And just because I'm a nerd, Nation of Islam or like Middle Eastern Islam? Like Nation of Islam, but my mom was fully clothed. Um, Okay. And mind you, I was an infant around this time. So the practices we learned in the Muslim community, my mom, of course, eventually left the community as I became maybe a toddler. But when she left the community, I also noticed that we still practice some some traits. So one of the things was, you know, being fully clothed in the house, us not celebrating holidays. That's what I really remember. My brothers and my mom definitely experienced being a part of the Muslim community, but me not so much. So like my mom named all of my brothers and, and, and gave them Islamic names. But then of course when she met my father, she named me Shante, which is just a, a regular name. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. Muslim. Yes. Yeah, not Muslim. Mm-hmm. So so long story short, when it came down to dance, that wasn't allowed. Honestly, I didn't even get into sports. I didn't I didn't really get into much until maybe middle school. My mom noticed that I was kind of getting caught up in the wrong crowd. Honestly, I was so I grew up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. When I was in third grade, I moved to Baltimore, Maryland. And from Baltimore, Maryland, my mom told me, because I'm kind of getting caught up in the wrong stuff, I need to move down to North Carolina. And at the time, my brother was stationed at Fort Bragg in Fayetteville, North Carolina, or near Fayetteville, North Carolina. And that's kind of how I made my way down to North Carolina. But when I was in middle school, I wanted to join like the cheerleading team. And I remember like, I, I was like, I want to dance. And I tried out. And at the time, you know, these, some of these, some of my classmates were dancing all their lives. They were familiar with dance. They knew how to, they knew an eight count. They knew like some of the terminology around like dance. And meanwhile, I was sitting here, like I watched music videos. That's pretty much all I do. That's all I know about dance. Right. But not so much how to learn choreo, how to feel confident when I'm dancing, you know, understanding posture and things like that. And so fast forward, I tried out for this cheerleading team, didn't make it, tried out for a step team, didn't make it. Then I went to college and tried to be a part of my sorority step team. That that didn't happen. I've always tried to dance, but never really received that opportunity to do so until fall. And I think I'm also like living out my childhood in a sense, because I never had the opportunity to express myself through the art of pole dancing. Just learned through doing this podcast that there are families that grow up dancing at like holidays, Christmas, they just put the music on and everybody dances. And that was not my family. I went to Christian summer camp every year. It was the greatest camp ever. And we had dances at the end of each session. And I mean, we would throw down, but it was, it was very much like the robot and the long <laughs> right? Like we had a lot of fun, but it wasn't, yeah. wasn't nice to watch. So, <laughs> so I'm like you, the dance stuff, late in age, like it's, um, it's hard when you don't have a foundation. Right. 
And and it's crazy because it's hard when you don't have a foundation and when you start to progress in your pole journey, you also start to compare yourself too. Like that's another thing I also noticed after the first year and I'm kind of gaining a foundation when I started doing showcases and competitions, I started noticing a lot of the people who were excelling were the people who had a background in dance or the people who had a background in gymnastics. And, and honestly, I felt a way. I was like, why didn't I learn dance sooner than this? But I also had to give myself grace. And I have to understand that just because I didn't have that experience growing up doesn't mean I can't obtain it at this point in my life. It just requires me to just train harder, train more, study. And and honestly, pole is a full-time opportunity that I am trying to pursue, right? I want to be a full-time artist. I want to be a full-time business owner and really explore all the avenues when it comes down to pole dance. But with that being said, it requires me to study day in and day out, study social media, study dances, learn more about showcases and competitions and learning how to network. That's the biggest thing that I'm learning as I am evolving as a pole dancer. A pole dancer is not only about your talent, but it's also about how you network and how you expose yourself to different genres and different styles of music, so you styles of dance, so you can become a well-rounded dancer. That is so true. I love all styles of dance. Ever since I was a very, very little girl, I have been enamored with uh, African dance. I don't, yeah. don't, I have no idea why this got fostered in me, but as a very small child, I loved yeah. the idea of Africa. I loved the bigness of Africa. I loved the people, the dance, the, the, to me, it just seemed so happy. Yeah. But when I look at like taking an African dance class, I'm like, I, my, <laughs> my body just doesn't, I don't have that freedom of movement that mm-hmm. I feel like you need to be able to just drop everything and let it, let it go. And I'm not there yet. You know what? I receive that. I definitely receive the same thing. Like outside of pole in my head, I really want to get into like salsa. Is it bachata? I want to get into Zumba. And I think it's kind of nerve wracking when people tell me about salsa dancing. I'm like, oh, I don't know. You sure you want me to try that? Like, it just, it doesn't feel natural for my body. But I also feel like ballet is something that I can't also get into. And it feels honestly just outside looking in and maybe someone just needs to educate me of the practices of ballet. But it just feels like someone just being stiff in their movement. And I feel like I need more. I need more. I need I need to be empowered by the music that I'm listening to. And I don't know. So I understand, Susan. Tell me what music feeds your soul. What do you like to dance to? Oh, I love to dance. Oof, that's, a, that's an interesting question because now I am noticing, now that I'm a teacher, now that I'm an instructor, I realized that I really love listening to upbeat music. So I love listening to soca Caribbean music to warm up. That's like my go-to. You will always hear dance hall, some EDM, anything that's going to get your body going. Or like when you hear like a great beat and you just want to just move your body. I think of soca when I think of that. When I think of just moving my body, when I think of Zumba, I think of fast 
upbeat music. So my go-to was Soak Up or Warm Up. I love dancing to sensual music, like like smooth R&B. The first thing that comes to mind is like, I need a baker, sweet love. And it's, you know, when you hear like her vocals and you just, for me, I'm, I'm a, I love temporary, contemporary dance. So just elongating my body and just showing off my, my height is something that I focus a lot of my time into practicing. So elongating my body, any practices with elongation and music that's slow enough for me to kind of move like fluidly, I love. So sensual R&B, I love jazz, smooth jazz is something that I really love dancing to. What else? Meditative music, any type of high frequency music, I really love dancing to that. It's just anything that puts me in a meditative state where I can just close my eyes and just move with the music, like moving like water, like moving with fluidity. And then my cool down is typically some old school R&B. What about you? As as you, well, the music that I want to move to is all the shit that feeds my soul. And none mm-hmm. of the music that feeds my soul feeds anybody else's soul. <laughs> I remember one time having an instructor and I wanted to do a showcase piece. And I brought her like four different songs. And she was like, you can't dance to any of these songs. And I, was like, I promise you I can. Like... I don't know what it's going to look like, but as you were talking, Adore by Prince. Oh, yes. Because that to me is one of those sort of pinnacle when I'm really, really good and I can really pull it off. Yes. I want to dance to that song. Yes. Oh my gosh. And that has a sort of smooth, slow kind of rock and R&B feel. Yes. Um, I love that. And it's crazy because um, Prince... What I love about Prince too, and I don't think people really talk about this aspect of him, was uh, how spiritual he was, and how he implemented spirituality into performing. They say Prince doesn't walk; he floats. And, I, and I, in my head, I was like, I want to embody that energy. You did know? you ever? Did you ever get a chance to see him live? No. So I'm a huge Prince fan. Like okay. he's like my number one love. My studio at home is uh, has a bunch of Prince art on the wall. Like I collect and I saw him five times. Wow. I saw the last show actually in Atlanta. I saw the seven o'clock show, but uh, you, yes, the way he moved and the way he moved on stage and the way he managed the crowd he was just a fucking legend. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and honestly, if I can be honest, I, I feel like I trained so hard because if I die tomorrow, I want to be remembered as a legend. And and I know that sounds like, I don't know. It it when I think of saying that, I'm like, I feel like I have so much more work to do. I have so much more work and I, I'm praying that it's not my time yet because I I really want to leave a legacy. I want to perfect my skill and my craft to the point where when, when you see me, you're like, wow, Sky Luna is putting in that work, you know, from where she started to where she is. Uh, Sky Luna has definitely been putting in work to be one of the greats in the industry, you know, and that's, something what I that's what I pride myself on and 
my goal right now is to be the next Beyonce or the next Prince of the industry. You know, like, so yeah, how you feel about Prince is how I feel about Beyonce. No, no, I, I feel the same way about Beyonce too. Yeah, yeah. I practice what would happen if I ever met her. Oh my gosh. Right. But I think what would happen is I would just die on the spot. <laughs> the gates would open in heaven and God would be like, yeah, that's, it's, that's it. Right. That was your time. Look. Life doesn't get any better than oh seeing Beyonce. When I say Beyonce helped me realize, I saw her for Renaissance, for the Renaissance World Tour. And what I realized about Beyonce is it takes practice. It takes time. You're not going to be great tomorrow. It's going to take, she said, right before when she opened, she said, I'm so grateful to be doing this for 25 years. I said, I was like, hold on, I'm like two years into this shit. Do you really think I'm going to get it tomorrow? I'm not. But I have to put in that work. I have to put in time. I have to put in training. And I'm also not forgetting that this is fueling my happiness. Well, and I think for her, that's 25 years of being Beyonce. There were so many years before that Mm. she was learning to be Beyonce. You know what? That's so true. She even said it. She even said, I came across that interview on social media where she said, I'm not the queen yet. I'm not the queen. I'm training to become a queen, but don't call me queen because I don't believe I'm a queen yet. And now she walks with this elegance where she's like, I am queen B. Yes. I have literally laid the foundation. And honestly, like, you know, they say, what would Jesus do? My mindset is what would Beyonce do? I actually have that on a plaque somewhere in the office that says, what would Beyonce do? Oh my gosh. You need to send me a photo so I can like scream because that's my mind. I need to get that. I need to get that plaque at my house. As soon as I walk into my studio at home, well, my little pool room, I need to say, what would Beyonce do? Yeah. She will always guide you in the right way. Absolutely. Absolutely. People think I'm kind of weird when it comes down to Beyonce, but I don't play about me. Mm-mm. I don't know Mm-mm. if you saw Swarm. Did you see Swarm? I don't think so. So Swarm is a TV series that came out on Amazon Prime about this girl who was fixated over a very popular... We watched the first three episodes. Okay. You got to finish it. You got to finish it. We watched up to the episode where she's dancing in the club. Yeah. She's dancing to the song about the dead baby and they're trying to explain to her. <laughs> yes. I love that actress. Oh my gosh. I think her name is Dominique. No. Is that her real name? Or was that her? I want to say the actress, her name is Dominique. I need to figure out what her full name Swarm actress. Now I'm like dedicated. Yeah, her name was Dominique something. Dominique Fishback. She's an up and coming artist. And I hope she I hope she blows up because she she killed that role in Swarm. But yeah, you gotta finish that. Okay, and so so tie it back to your love of Beyonce. So my love of Beyonce, what I realized with Swarm is I am borderline that dedicated. I'm not that crazy now. 
But, you know, there are some people who are like, yeah, I'm not a Beyonce fan. And I'm like, you haven't been following Beyonce since Destiny Child. You haven't been following her since Dangerously in Love. If you, like, I remember being in, what, fourth grade, listening to Dangerously in Love and telling my mom and my brother, this is when I knew I loved dance. I told my mom and my brother that I was going to dance to Me, Myself, and I by Beyonce. And I don't know how the hell that routine turned out. I remember doing some weird shit, but I remember feeling empowered listening to Beyonce. And so when you follow her journey from being in this group of amazing women to transferring that to being a solo artist and then putting in work to be one of the best musicians in the industry, it just reminds me that things just don't happen overnight. Um, and and anybody who disrespects Beyonce because they don't know her journey, I am willing to defend. I'm willing to fight for Beyonce. But enough of that. Enough of well, those- it just I'll say I have the same story with Prince because All I remember right. in third grade listening to the 1999 album and I remember thinking, like, I didn't know what sexy was. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I was, in, I was nine. And back then we were all naive. But I remember my little brain going, like, that man hurts my heart. Like, <laughs> like he sings and my heart just can't handle it. Um, yeah. And I was nine. <laughs> yeah. I just knew I was going to love him my whole life. Now you now you got me wanting to listen to Prince. Like, I'm just probably going to listen to This Is Prince Radio and just really kind of pick up on the music because, unfortunately, I, of course, we were all going crazy for Michael Jackson. My mom, my mom didn't really talk much about Prince. And so as I become older, I always like, I've, I've been hearing certain people talk about Prince. I even have a Prince t-shirt and I know a few Prince songs, but I need to tap into that Prince energy too. So listen to the song Free off of the 1999 album. I heard the song. Come on. Okay. It's my favorite ever. And okay. then of course the Purple Rain album, I think is one of the most perfect albums ever. Okay. And then Sign of the Times as well. And if you don't get your booty rocking to the Sign of the Times album, then you don't have a pulse. <laughs> I know you have a pulse, so. <laughs> okay, I'm adding these albums and these songs to my playlist. So we got some work to do. We got a lot of work to do. Okay, yeah. so now is the time in this discussion where we move to Pole to Glow. Yes, yes. Oh, that is your baby. That is my baby. Oh my gosh. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to be in this position where, you know, I had this idea and I am able to bring it into fruition. Just to kind of give some backstory. So as I was kind of progressing in my pole journey, I noticed that the advice regarding support and love and appreciation started to dwindle as we progressed. And I don't know what happened. So let me just kind of tell. So when you're first joining Pole, 
you, especially as a new pole dancer, as soon as you get a fireman or as soon as you get a martini, as soon as you get the basic moves, you receive a lot of, you receive a lot of like support. Just, I can't, I, I don't know. It's slipping my mind the correct term, but you just receive a lot of support and, and, and recognition on making it so far in your pole journey. But as you kind of progress, maybe a year or two after that first initial year, I noticed that the support begins to dwindle and you start to notice that there is more competition in the industry. And there's sometimes I've noticed that the industry is led by competitive ego where you're not really acknowledged unless you're the best of the best. And that always bothered me because we're supposed to be in an industry where you're supporting people no matter what. You're connecting with people no matter what. You're supporting people along their journey, no matter where they are. And I noticed that I noticed that my peers and people that I was progressing with, either we were supportive of each other or it was it was the total opposite. And I became I just I felt like I didn't belong. Long story short, so I sat back and I was just like, I really want to create something for pole for the pole industry. And in my head, I was just like. Pole dancing not only helped me glow up and have this moment where I felt confident and strong, but it also helped me connect with men, women that were just like me. And of course, we had our good, I've had good interactions and I've also had not so good interactions. And so Pole Glow came about because I wanted to create a space where no matter where you are in your journey, you're always going to receive support amongst the industry, amongst the community where we are genuinely care, we genuinely care about you. And we're creating a space where you can show up as your authentic self. So we created Pole to Glow as a social organization for aerial artists to enhance their relationships amongst the community and also establish camaraderie amongst each other. And while we are focusing on that social aspect, we are prioritizing mental health and and honestly, spiritual awareness. And so you have the Pulse to Glow organization, honestly, trying to dispel some of the stigmas around the community. And that's not only through charitable events like our hygiene kit drive, but hosting picnics where we come together and get to know each other. And there's people from different parts of the world or the country coming together and just traveling for one event. And so Poto Glow is still in its infancy. We're only a year new, or I guess a year old, one year. Yeah, one year new. Is that the right term? One year old? I like one year new. Okay, one year new. We're one year new, and we're really just trying to dispel some of the stigmas around building healthy relationships, but also prioritizing mental health as a woman. Another thing I've noticed is, when you come into the industry, it's about building relationships and building confidence. But sometimes comparison can also affect your self-esteem. And so with Polar Glow, we host events, we host retreats, we host social networking activities for people to connect and build relationships, but also have those uncomfortable conversations as well. 
I found at the studio that I, I went to here in my hometown when I first started going there. So you know me, I'm a talker. But when I'd see somebody new, I'd always go up and introduce myself and say, I'm glad you're here. Like what brought you? Like I, I want to understand. And, and the, the conversations were very similar to what we've talked about. I got out of a relationship or I've had three kids and I've lost myself or, you know, my husband doesn't look at me the same or like yeah. all of those. I don't feel good about myself and I'm trying to find something to feel better about. And so I, I talked to a couple instructors and I was like, is it, do y'all not do that? Like, what's the protocol? And they said, you know, that people are private and we don't want to pry. I, I, I don't agree with that. I, I don't either. I want to take a little chisel and I just want to keep chipping away at you until what you need to say comes out. Right. And I can hear it and I can value what you need to say. And then we can use, so then that becomes my basis for, for, for where we go in our relationship, in your pole journey. So if I know you don't feel sexy, right? And every time I see you doing something, even the tiniest bit sexy, I'm going to holler like, who's that badass over there? Shake that ass. Like I'm going to do whatever I can to reinforce that, but you can't do it if you don't know. Exactly. And honestly, so I used to teach some great science. And you look like a seventh grade science teacher. Well, thank you. (laughs) Well, and this is the thing. I realized that as children, we are always recognized for the things that we do. We always get a good pat on the back or we always have, hopefully in a healthy environment, we have our parents who say, good job. I'm so proud of you. I love you. And you keep doing what you're doing because you're doing great things. Right. And then as we become adults, Outside of the outside of the work environment and like the formal, you know, corporate end of the year evaluations, you don't really have that many people saying you're doing a great fucking job. So people still yearn to have that recognition and to say that I'm not going to support you because you're quote unquote private. It just shows that people are not putting in the effort to get to know someone and, and support them as they see fit. Because if you really cared about somebody and you really cared about where they are mentally and emotionally, you would say, all right, you may not want me to tell you that you're sexy, but you may want me to give you a hug when I see you. You may want me to say, hey, I'm noticing your progress. You're doing a great job. But it's a love language. How do you want to receive love? And you need to take the time to actually get to know how people want to receive love. That's how we grow as people. Well, and the interesting thing is, so if I ask you a question and you don't want to answer it or you're just not there yet, you can say, hey, I'm kind of private and I don't want to share that information, which then allows me to say, I I hear that and I understand. Please let me know how best, how I can best support you. Right. Right. It's, it's a, it's a dialogue. And I think we've lost, we don't understand that people have the, like, if I ask a question, somebody can say, I don't want to answer that. Right. Right. And then I say, I get it. Right. Now, 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 where do we find common ground? Because if it's not that, let's just find something else. But I don't know if people know how to do that. I don't think people, it's about effort. People don't put in enough effort, you know, and I think it shows people, how people treat you show you whether or not they prioritize you in their life. Honestly, that's how I look at it. And when you don't put in work to get to know me or you don't put in work to support me, I, it shows me how you really care about me. Honestly, I mean, and sometimes 
people may say that may not always be the case. But if you are running a business, especially in the pole dance industry, you have to understand that we we were fueled by community, we're fueled by support, we're, we're fueled by love. And if you're not taking the time and putting in that effort to show that you want to build a community and you want to build relationships and you want people to love on each other and support one another, if you're not creating that, eventually who you are and what you create is never going to be as successful as you want it to be solely because you're not putting in enough effort, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Well, and that's why Pull to Glow is so important and nobody's really doing anything like it. But if you think about when you first started and you felt like you didn't quite fit in, I mean, and you overcame that pretty quickly, but if you think about the young lady that might not have overcome that as quickly, so they want to do pole, they don't know how to open up, like pole to glow gives you another opportunity to sort of flex those muscles, right? To to get out, to get, maybe find people that you are comfortable with, that you can ask the questions of. So when you go back to your studio, you have some of the answers you might not have felt confident enough to ask. Yeah. So I think Paul to Glow is such a, an amazing idea because it gives somebody else, it gives you another option Yes. to grow. And, and, and another thing we really pride ourselves on, and I, I didn't really mention this, but Paul to Glow, we have like core values and the three core values is of course, sisterhood, wellness, and camaraderie. Like those are the three core values that we have with the organization. And we want people to be a part of the organization as either members or as event attendees. And we want them to gain something on how to support the next person that comes behind them or how to interact with people that are currently in the industry. And like you said, at with Glow, what we're creating, our ultimate goal is for people to feel like they are accepted and they are learning, they are growing, and they are learning how to interact. Because just like there's someone who needs it, we also need to teach people how to how to give it as well. You know, it's a give and take relationship. And I think sometimes, and it's crazy because the last event Portal Glow had was August 23rd and it was a hygiene kit drive. And socially, you know, through social media, a lot of people assume, oh, okay, it's a hygiene kit drive to give, give back to those who are experiencing homelessness or those who are in need. But at this event, even prior to making the hygiene the hygiene kit drive or hygiene kits, we had, well, I created a presentation to explain to people our why, and then also what issues are we currently facing in the pole industry that's hindering us from having sustainable relationships. And I made it anonymous so people could honestly just show up as their true selves and be completely transparent. And when you when I look at the feedback that I received, there's a lot of issues that a lot of people are facing, not only with themselves, but how they interact with people. A lot of people have childhood trauma that they're still working through, that they haven't quite dealt with. And that causes them to not really want to give love to other people because they're afraid of rejection or they're afraid of feeling like they're not being received well. And I think going back to what I'm saying is I feel like it has to be a give. You have to train yourself on how to give love, but you also have to train yourself on how to receive it. And when I say love, I'm referring to just your interactions to build a healthy, sustainable relationship. 
So I don't know if you're familiar with my activate your poll workshops. No, we need to get together. and We're going to have to do a joint something because I, I do this form of body work called be activated. And it was created by a man from Cape town, South Africa. He is a physical therapist and it works to realign your neurology and your physiology. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of science, but basically we work in our world and mobility, flexibility, movement from the muscles. And then we just hope the brain will catch up mm. all the neuromuscular system. So the brain drives everything. So on the one hand with this system, there is just performance. It can make you be a better dancer, be looser, be more flexible, be whatever it is. But the reason I want to bring it to our community is the other side is the emotional release, the release of trauma and stored tissues, mm. the learning to be strong in yourself, the learning to find safety within yourself mm. and overcome that disconnect, that numb and disconnect um, that we often have to create just to survive in our environment. Oh my gosh, let me tell you. And it's that's. I needed to receive that because that's honestly what I'm trying to overcome. And you've articulated it in the best way to the point where I'm like, yes, that's exactly what we're trying to do. We want to heal. We want to hold a glow. Our ultimate goal is to heal. Like, and I don't, and it's crazy because this is why I keep saying I have to keep working on myself because once I figure it out, I can then help other people. Or I can bring in the resources so we can experiment and find ways to heal. So it's crazy because the next Potoglo event, and we have to connect on this, but the next Potoglo event, I really want to explore the option of having a retreat, an affordable retreat, but a retreat filled with healing yourself from the inside out. And it's crazy because like, it feels like, everyone's goals for the most part and what we're seeing, it really aligns to finding ways to make this community more of a a sustainable, happy, loving, caring, healthy experience for everybody who comes in. Because the reason why we are experiencing toxic relationships and trauma is because the universe is saying we, we have to, you have to face these challenges and know how to deal with it. So yes, I love that. I go see Douglas for another five-day workshop in the middle of September. It'll be the sixth sixth time that I've gone through a workshop with him. Wow. And the, the very first time I went, I didn't know much about it. I went because my husband at the time had heard about it and we traveled together and we learned together. Little did I know it would completely change the tra- trajectory of my life. But in that, in that first four days, I remember Douglas saying, and he, it wasn't like, I'm standing up here and I'm telling you this is my goal. It's He just sort of mentioned it. He, he said, if we can make people stronger within themselves, they have more to give to the world. Wow. And if we have more people giving more to the world, then the world becomes a better place. And, and he said, we can do that one person at a time yeah. because every person we help exponentially increases that wealth and beauty and love sent out into the world. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, that's, that's a path I want to follow. Yes. That, 
that's an idea I can get behind because yes, I want to make the world a better place. And if I have the tools to help, off we go. Absolutely. And it's so funny you say that because um, I don't know if you've heard of this practice called um, Akashic Records. Mm -mm. Okay. So Akashic Records, the, the synopsis behind Akashic Records is basically every life that you live your spirit guides, your guardian angels, the entities watching over you, they document all the good and all the bad that you've done in every single life, right? And whatever you have done in your past lives, find, it finds its way to come back into your current life. And you'll have to face it in order to basically experience the karma or go through the karma or of course receive good karma, whatever it may be, you've received the results of your deeds. And so Akashic Records is going into this meditative state to understand what has happened in your past life in order for in order to fulfill what you're destined to do in this life. And so the most recent the most recent access that I have had with Akashic Records was, and basically what you do is you go into this meditation, you say this prayer, you go into the meditation and you ask this question, and then you will receive the answer to your question. And so that answer to the question will help you realize what you need to do. So long story short, I went into this meditative state and I I, I asked spirit, I said, spirit, you know, what did I do in my past life and how does that translate into me or into what I need to do into this life? And spirit told me I need to help women. I need to help heal women. And, and spirit also gave me a book called, called uh, the sacred woman. And spirit said, I need you to read this book. Have I read it? No, I haven't read it yet. (laughs) But that's what was revealed. And it's crazy that you mentioned that because I am moving through life right now, knowing that I have a, a, a purpose and I know I need to help women, but I've been faced with like turmoil. Like I've been faced with like rejection or I've been faced with problems. And I think it's because spirit is also saying, we want you to experience this. So when the next person comes to you facing the same problem, you know how to guide them through this experience. And so it's crazy because you and I, Susan, we're very aligned in what our purpose is on this earth or our purpose is, especially with interacting in the whole community. And I can see that light in you. Like I can see, Susan, when I first met you, I knew that you were like, a, you were radiating light. I can see it and through you. I can see it on your aura. And it's such a blessing to just honestly be in this position talking to you because I know you're going to do great things. I know you're going to be super successful in this business, this new, this, this new opportunity that's happening. <laughs> it's going to be for the greatest and highest good. I thank you for that. I, I don't know if you know my backstory, but I was married, had a, was married to a wonderful man, had a thriving business that we grew together. COVID hit, shit happened. I'm no longer married. And I had to walk away from this business that I spent 17 years building with him. And I thought, I can do a business. I'm in the pole community. Let me just start this and see if my vision takes hold. 
And of all communities for me to find, it is this amazing pole community because from the very first moment, y'all have seen my vision. And I, I love it. I love this community. I love the people. I love what we're doing. And I love that it's competitors, it's professionals, it's girls that just want to do a showcase, it's moms that just want to learn to twerk, like it's every level of person and we're all valuable. Right. We're all valuable in our own way. The biggest thing is people finding their niche, people finding where they belong. And I think that's my goal as well, helping people, finding their place in this community. Like our whole journey is very similar to our life's journey. I keep saying that, but as a child, especially as and now related to being a baby polar, you're guided, you're guided, you're guided. Then when you finally gain independence, the first thing you have to figure out is, all right, well, what is my thing? What do I enjoy doing? How can I express myself so people know that I'm I'm Sky Luna. On my TikTok, I really explain to people freestyle mindstorming with finding who you are and finding your style, or me sharing my journey and my I call it I, I treat TikTok like my whole diary, and I express myself and I explain what I'm doing in order for people to find themselves as well. So, yeah. So can you just say a little bit about that freestyle mind storming? Mm-hmm. Storming. Can you tell mm-hmm. me what that is? Yeah. So freestyle mind storming, the concept of it, and I and actually, I kind of created the phrase. And basically, mind storming, just to give you that type of term, is typically like to ask, you have to ask yourself a question. What problem do you currently have? And how are you going to overcome that problem? So the question will be the problem. And then the answer is through multiple solutions. And that's what's called mindstorming. So a great example is this famous philosopher. He explained that when you ask yourself the question of how can I make $100,000 over the next 12 months, you have to then write out a list of things you can do, typically about 20 to 30 things you can do in order to make $100,000 over the next 12 months. And so what I try to do is say, all right, what's freestyle mindstorming is my problem right now is I have a song, but I don't know the routine for that specific song. And so my answer would be listening to the song, then moving to the song to understand the, the beat. Then once I understand the beat, the next thing is, well, what moves do I know that will complement the music? Now that I know my movement, then I can create a routine. So you're doing, you're listening to that one song multiple times, understanding the music, so you then know how to react to the music, and that's solving the problem. So that's freestyle mindstorming. And you can do it with anything, I assume. Yes, you can do it with anything. But with freestyle mindstorming, a lot of what I've noticed in the industry right now is a lot of people have a hard time creating their own choreo. Mm-hmm. And so freestyle mindstorming is putting yourself in the best position to listen to your body. L- meditative, like in a meditative state, 
You're listening to your body to understand how your body moves. I'm not trying to follow after anybody, not trying to learn from your favorite instructor, but honestly saying, all right, what do I know? What background do I have? Where do I want to be? And how do I put that together? And so, yes, to your answer, you can do it anywhere. But personally, I've been teaching people how to mindstorm, freestyle mindstorm. So the two things it brings to mind a lot. But first, I'm putting together a choreography piece for the Pole Circus for their Halloween event. When um, the, the Pole Circus is a virtual competition. Okay. Uh, they do two competitions a year. They generally do one about, around Valentine's Day, and then they want, do one around Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. People from all over the world submit videos. I was a judge at the Valentine's Day one this year. It, it's a primo virtual competition. Okay. But I've been doing this weird stuff because I'm a, I'm a power lifter and my comfort is in that space. Wow. So I started dancing in that space. And, and so Celise is allowing me to submit a choreo piece that is done within my squat rack. What? So there's no pole. There's no Lyra. There's just a squat rack. And I've created this concept. I will be there. Kettlebells involved. There's deadlifting involved. There's dance involved. There's twerking involved. It's kind of the mashup of everything I love in this one three minute and 45 second piece of music. Wow. I have no idea what people are going to think when they see it, but I'm having an absolute blast figuring it all out. That's honestly the most creative as well. Like the fact that you're putting powerlifting and pole together and showcasing a routine. That's kind of how I feel about yoga right now. Like in my head, I'm like, how do I put yoga and pole dancing together? Now I've heard of this. Somebody told me about a term called polka. Not exactly sure what it is just yet. I got to do some more research. But in my head, I'm like, how do I incorporate the movement of pole and then the movement of pole dancing? And this is where you hear me talk about like elongation. And, you know, so I love that you're creating this. I can't wait to see your routine. But you have my mind going right now. Like, powerlifting pole, now we're dancing around a squat rack. And how the hell is this going to look? Like, this is brilliant. Well, if you see me dance on a pole and you see me dance on the squat rack, you can definitely tell that I'm more comfortable in the squat rack, even though it's super bizarre. Yeah. Um, but I feel sexy when mm-hmm. I do it. I may not be, but I feel sort of s- sexy. And to do the choreo, I did exactly what you you laid out, right? Like I I played around in it with some songs. I started to get a concept. I found a song that went with my con- like it's and I, and now I have this piece and it's pretty dope. And and that's what I love too. I love that. See, and this is the thing. A lot of people don't know how to do what you just said you just did with cre- finding a song, figuring out the theme, creating the routine and the process behind creating a routine. Like, and that's what, and I was, I'm thinking of, I told myself I want to create three workshops 
Like I want to create three workshops. One's going to be uh, becoming a pole dance influencer. The other workshop, of course, is going to be freestyle mindstorming. And mm-hmm. then the third workshop, I think I want to turn it into maybe like a pole to glow type healing workshop. I'm, I'm still thinking through it, but I want to teach people how to create choreo. Like the the last couple of routines that I've had. No, my first competition, I had my favorite, my pole mama, J-Ball, J-Ball pose. She helped me with my routine about being found. That was like the whole theme about lost girl, didn't know where she was, where she belonged. And now she's found through the art of pole dancing. Then the last, next, oops, excuse me. The last competition that I did was fighting for freedom and fighting for my ancestors and believing that. I have a purpose bigger than slavery and being confined. So I created the routine, but then I had someone fine tune it. And Mm -hmm. I've noticed when I talk to a lot of girls, they rely a lot on their instructors, which I think is fine. But eventually you want to evolve to create your own. I I found early on that when I relied on my instructors, I got their form of dance and it never fit me. It was lovely. I mean, they were teaching me beautiful, solid routines, but I was just learning to do what they told me and I could never find me. God, we could talk for hours. I know. What, what you just said about your, you doing a choreo about being found, baby girl, I have the words I'm here tattooed on my ribs. Wow. Because at one of these be activated sessions with my friend from South Africa, he was working on those spots. And he made me sing in front of everybody. So he's working on the spots to open me up. I'm singing somewhere over the rainbow. And when I was done and he was done, I realized the whole room had stopped to listen. And there was this moment of silence. And my friend whispered in my ear. He said, I think we just found Susan. Oh, my gosh. And so I have I'm here tattooed. I'm under my right boob and here under my left boob so that I always remember that's where I was found. <laughs> I perceive that. And it's so crazy because I put a tattoo right here. It says free your spirit. And it's crazy because that's a reminder to be whoever I want to be because I'm choosing me. So I love this. I love this. Oh, Susan, what's your birthday? It was Tuesday. Happy belated birthday. Thank you very much. So you're a Leo? Virgo. Virgo. No wonder why. Very much a Virgo. No wonder. No wonder. It's all making sense now. Everybody says that when they find out I'm a Virgo. But he's like, oh. It makes sense. Yeah. It definitely makes sense now, Susan. So we've talked a while. I think we could talk for a long time more. Before we check out, tell everyone where they can find you. Yes. So if anyone is interested in keeping up with Sky Luna, you can follow me on any social media platform, primarily TikTok and Instagram at Sky Luna Polls, S-K-Y-L-U-N-A period Polls, P-O-L-E-S. If you want to be a part of the social organization, wellness and sisterhood and camaraderie, that is Pole to Glow. And so Pole to Glow is currently on, primarily active on Instagram at Pole to Glow, 
P-O-L-E-T-O-G-L-O-W. And I know because you're new, you're mainly in the North Carolina, Charlotte, South Carolina. Like that's where you're pulling from currently. But if there are any studios or cities out there that think they want a pole to glow subsidiary in their area, I feel certain you would be available to talk to anyone about expanding. Yes, I've been, I would love to travel to different studios through a Potoglow workshop, through a Potoglow networking experience, networking event. I would love to travel. So if there are any studios who are interested in us traveling to their city or their state, please let me know. You can go ahead and send us an email at contact at poll2glow.com. But I let me tell you, yeah, and she puts on great events. I did the the Lux picnic experience, and it was glorious. It was gorgeous. It was fun. We had a little band that played. It just was. It it was a perfect experience. So let her bring that your area. Yes, and create networking amongst all of the polars in your space. Absolutely. And we really want to introduce the Polex Picnic to multiple cities. So if anyone is interested, please let me know. We're also trying to plan our first retreat. So keep a lookout on social media regarding the dates. We were supposed to have it in November, but we are going to launch our first product for the fall. Yeah. So we're actually we're working on that right now, but we're going to launch our first product fall slash winter of 23. And then for 24, we're looking to have our retreat. So keep a lookout on that. I'm excited because it's a small little campaign that we're trying to push forward. So Susan, I really just appreciate you taking the time to hear me out. I'm so grateful for you, Susan. I don't even think you realize, but thank you so much. Sweetie, you are gorgeous and what you're doing is amazing. And, and let us continue to work together to change the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. We will. We will. One person at a time. This world's going to be better because of the two of us. Period. Shout out to all my hashtag Ho Tribe members who tuned in for this episode of the HoCast. I'm Susan Bartley, your host and the owner of Ho Apparel. Ho Apparel is a website that is there to fulfill your every need for the aerial sports. Check us out at www.hoapparel.com. That's H-E-A-U-X-X-X apparel.com. And on IG at ho1x underscore apparel. Until the next time, ladies, keep shining your light, keep being beautiful, and keep making this world a better place.